Well, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. <clears throat> John's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning with verse 21, and read through verse 26. <clears throat> he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Now Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, what the Bible says, <clears throat> Lord, how is it that thou wilt make yourself visible unto us and not unto the world? I don't understand that, he's saying. Tell us how. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now I see the Trinity there. I don't know about you, but that's what I see in that verse. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being present with you. But the Comforter who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for Larry sharing the song with us. Thank you, Lord. All those that have crossed our path through the years that have helped mold us to become what we are. Bless this word tonight as we look at another one of your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. The amazing thing about the 12 uh, disciples or 12 apostles, uh, they are so ordinary. When you look at their lives, the background from which they came, they were so ordinary. <clears throat> they were so uh, human. They were the run-of-the-mill crowd. They didn't have ordinary, um, extraordinary abilities. They weren't even qualified. If you want to look at the word qualified, they, they didn't even fit that bill. But yet our Lord chose them, the ordinary, the common man, to come and to follow him and to seek his will. And that's what those boys did. Now, the only answer you can give to why God, through Jesus, chose those 12 it was to magnify and lift up the name and the power of God Almighty. How he could take a nobody and make a somebody. And I've heard it said many times, I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody about anybody who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ that whoever, soever, anybody could come and accept Christ. It's amazing what God does. Now, in Zechariah 4, 6 is what it says. It is not by might. It is not by any power, <clears throat> excuse me, that you and I have. But it's by, my, it's by my spirit, thus saith the Lord. The spirit, hey, he is the one we must depend on today. The spirit of God. He is a person. Now, we must not forget the human element here. There are characteristics that make up the usableness of these guys. Some things are more important 
than just having a talent. Some folks have a talent, they know they have a talent, and that's all as far as they go. But we need, I feel like God wants us to develop our talent. Okay? Um, I don't know what my talent is as far as working. I mean, I, I try to do a little bit of everything. I was never satisfied by doing one thing. I wanted to learn something else. So I get with people who are doing something else and say, hey, can I help you? I want to help you. I want to learn from you. This disciple <clears throat> had three names. In the Gospel of Mark, he is called Thaddeus. In the Gospel of Matthew, he's called Labias. And in Luke and John, he's called Judas, not Iscariot. Now, we don't hear him mentioned much as Judas because it would have been confusing then and it would be confusing today. So, God doesn't want our ability, okay? He doesn't want our ability as much as he wants our availability. We sometimes ask people for help and we ask them not about their ability. We ask them, are they available to help us? Now, for those of you who may have been asleep a while ago, <clears throat> we work in tomorrow afternoon at 6. All right? If you have push brooms, flat shovels, bring those. Well, the disciple who had three names. First of all, I want us to just think about his courage. Um, he was very courageous. Uh, one one uh, ancient Latin manuscript calls Judas the zealot. And he links him with a person that's being very fierce and a part of a band of patriots who stood ready to fight at a moment's notice. Evidently had something to do with the military. I don't know. But he stood ready. And the Lord knew that. He needed that man. Now you think, well, what about Peter? I thought he was real spoken, outspoken and boisterous. Well, he was, but he was a man who was maybe sitting behind him, could have been his backup, okay, that we don't hear much out of. But he was ready to go to the Lord's defense. Now it's from uh, scriptural names uh, that we come to believe uh, in his courage. I want you to listen. In our day, Names are simply only, most of the time, just a way to identify, okay? Somebody says to me sometime, uh, oh, I know, uh, yeah, you, you passed the first basket, yeah? I have an uncle that goes there. And they, I say, well, what's his name? And they tell me, I said, hmm, that don't ring a bell. You sure it's our church? Could be uptown church. And then sometime they, uh, they'll name somebody that, uh, you know, come through here and fell through the crack and don't know what happened to them. Um... But it's amazing. Names is just a way to identify. But in the Bible, when they gave names, they meant something. You'll recall some of this. Jacob, after wrestling with an angel of the Lord all night long, his name was changed to, can anybody name what his name was changed to? Huh? Israel. And while thinking about that, I meant to make mention this morning, I, I love the song Jerusalem. You know what's in the middle of Jerusalem? Have any idea? U-S-A. Look at it. J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. -E Say, what? Well, so what? Well, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Jacob's name was changed to Israel, which simply means one, listen, who strives with God. In other words, he wanted more answers. What about Samson? We, we recognize him as the strongest man. What about uh, um, Simon? Jesus said, I'm going to change your name to Peter, which means the rock. You remember what Jesus said? But I believe it will happen like this. I believe Jesus was looking directly at Peter. I believe he says to Peter, looking directly at him, upon this rock, meaning Jesus, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, so what does St. Peter, a church called St. Peter have to do with it? I believe they missed the mark there. You know, it's Jesus. He is the rock. And he is the one that said the gates of hell will not prevail against him. The name Jesus means salvation. Now, this particular disciple had three names. The first, Judas. Now, we can discard this association for one reason or the other um, because it would have brought shame, okay? It had already brought shame, and it would have brought shame again if people just kept calling him Judas, 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 you know? So... He had to have that special uh, name. His original name was Judas, Labius, and Labius in the Aramaic, what I learned was, meant a hardy one. I mean, he was all the way in it. Not part of the way, but all the way. Um, here was a man who probably came uh, from a strong, outgoing, friendly kind of family who was faithful. Uh, you know, I, I think back about families. I was thinking about, like I say, the old people, families, and one generation after uh, another. And some of those people that we look back at, uh, let's say three to four generations ago, they were very faithful. The next generation wasn't quite as faithful. And then the next generation was less faithful than that. And it seems like sometimes the fourth generation, when you say church, it's almost say, well, what are you talking about? You know, we, we as, a, uh, as Christians, if we don't share the word, um, we're going to become extinct. You know, they say, what's a Christian? What's that mean? What's a church? What's that mean? Well, you ask a child today, listen, you ask a child today to draw you a picture of a church. They'll draw you one. It'll have a door and windows. It'll have a steeple. A lot of time it has a cross on top of it. Today, some of them, you can't tell whether it's a, a manufacturing place or a hoot and holler place or what. You know, I, I, I want to cross. I want to be identified. Now, James and the disciples chose the nickname Thaddeus. They probably even called him Thad. But Thaddeus. Now, this simply means bold, and a courageous one. It's not what you say, it's not what you do, but your faithfulness. Just being here. Being ready to be called upon to do what the Lord would ask you to do. Here was a, uh, that is, uh, was a strong, silent type who stood tall in the face of trouble. In other words, as people say today, I got your back, okay? He was a real, genuine warrior. His courageousness was beyond measure. Not only was he courageous, but he was teachable. 
You know, sometimes we don't want to be teachable. We want to do the teaching, okay? Well, we don't, we're not the only ones that knows what's happening. We need to give others opportunity who have been, who we have seen become, uh, they were teachable and they've learned and they're ready to go out. We had such a class uh, at Earl's Grove one time, a man very seasoned in the Lord, a long time Sunday school teacher came to me and he said, Preacher, I feel like we need to have a class on Sunday evening to teach those who would be willing to teach Sunday school. He did that. And he produced several people out of that class who took a class. And some of those people said, I can't do it. I just can't. Well, would you just take the class? God may change your heart and change your mind. And he did. Amazing. But we just got to be, uh, uh, just be teachable. Um, the Bible reveals that Thaddeus had plenty of sense. Um, his humility proved out that he was courageous without any question. And in the upper room, listen, in the upper room, four men asked Jesus a question, and Judas Thaddeus was one of them. Most of us don't ask questions. You know why we don't ask questions? Because we think a question is a dumb question. If we don't know, we think it's a dumb question. Well, if I don't know, I'm dumb to it, and I need to find out. So it's okay to ask questions. But Thaddeus knew, he knew the truth. That no question is dumb if, you, if you're brave enough to ask it. And you know what we do sometimes? Okay, we have, let's say we got one person who asked a question and you're thinking, man, how dumb, where have they been? Well, you are, are you a know-it-all? You know everything? No, he's probably just the only courageous one to, to stand and ask the question. I think of Peter. Hey, he was the only one that got out of the boat. Only one. Now, I don't know if there's any discussion. <clears throat> hey, let's discuss this, boy. No, I'll do it. Don't fret. Oh, I don't want y'all discussing it because y'all will take all night and he's on the water. And if that's him, I'm going. Stepped right out of the boat. And there he went. Well, um, a lot of times, you know, people want to learn and they're afraid to ask questions. Look at verse 22. If you want to see the question that was asked. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? That was a concern of his. How are you going to let us see you and the world not see you? What are we supposed to do with that? And he asked that question. There's much to admire in a person who will ask questions. Now, uh, it's a mark of being teachable. It's a mark of wanting to know more about what's going on. It's a sign of interest. It's a sign of concern. You know, we might be, you and as an individual might be the only one that's concerned about one particular little thing. And sometimes the rest of them just say, oh my God, why do you ask such a crazy thing? I mean, looks like they know that by now. Well, they didn't know it and they had courage enough to ask it and we need to thank them. Hey, I've heard people say, oh, I'm glad you asked that question. That was on my mind too, but I didn't want to be the dumb one. You've heard it, haven't you? I, I wanted to ask that, but I was just afraid to. This is the only time, listen, this is the only time that Thaddeus speaks in the New Testament. The only time. But he had a good question. Lord, how, if you're going to let us see you, how in the world are you not going to let the world see you? If we've seen you, we're going to go tell somebody. We've seen the Lord. 
He was the only one that spoke at this, asked, asked this question. And so, but we see him the rest of the time. We see him silent in the background, listening and learning. I'm satisfied there was another thing that he learned when the Lord said, boys, I'm going I'm to leave you. I'm going home. But, hey, it's in the scriptures here. I'm going to send you a comforter. Now, Thaddeus, don't be worried, son. You've asked the right question. You've asked it at the right time. And I'm going home, but I'm going to send you somebody who's going to be by your side every step of the way, and you can ask him all the questions you want to. He gave him permission to do that. So uh, Thaddeus was, he was courageous. He was teachable. And then he was faithful to the end, okay? That means a lot. Uh, hanging in there till it's all said and done. I appreciate all the men and the ladies thus far who have done anything over here. Anything. You might have thought it, well, all I did was walk through and, and, and just bragged. Can you imagine a football or any sports team playing without any spectators? Nobody. Hey, wouldn't be much to it, would it? I mean, who wants to go play ball if nobody's going to watch and cheer you on? So some of you have just walked through and said, man, I'm so excited. So thank you for whatever uh, that you have done. And listen, y'all, we got to remain faithful, not till this is done out here, but until it's paid for and we're all for running on something else. Not that I take any credit, okay? But it was said. I don't remember who even said it. They don't go to church here. They say, wow, I'm so excited for you. And the building is looking so good. So it's amazing to me. Everywhere you go, you stirring up things and they building stuff. Well, okay, I, I'm a builder and I love to see it happening. And so it's no different here. But being faithful to the end. Listen, here in the upper room where, where Jesus poured out his very soul to these boys, knowing this was the last time, he said, this is it. This is the last time I'm going to meet with you. I will not eat this, this meal with you anymore until you come into my kingdom. I won't do it anymore. That's why it said, in remembrance of me, do this. And as often as you do this, you show forth my death until I come. He answered their four questions. He taught them about the Holy Spirit and how he would come. He ate the last supper with them. He washed their feet. He got on his knees and washed their feet and dried them with a towel. And he warned them that persecution would come. Some of you are going to die for the cause. He lifted them up high in his priestly prayer. John 17. He prays in John 17. He prays for you. He prays for me. Pray for yourself. Pray for the crucifixion. And John 17 is his great high priest prayer. Every bit of the whole chapter. He taught them above all else. Secret. The secret of being faithful. Trusting in the Lord. Now why did Thaddeus stick it out to the bitter end? Well, you, you think about him. He died under many arrows being shot into his body just for the cause of sharing Jesus. 
Unlike Peter, who was crucified upside down, he took arrows. Unlike Stephen, can you imagine being hit with rocks until you're dead just for the cause of Christ? We got to learn. We need to learn this secret that there is no substitute for being faithful. You can't send somebody for you. I can't send somebody for me. I must do what I got to do. Now let me share with you these kind of Christians that we have today and we hope to have. These kind of Christians have love for Jesus. Without question, verse 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that love is he that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. If you love me, you're going to love my daddy. He's saying, hey, you're going to love him also, and I will love him and will make myself visible to him. That's coming. Now, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Many of us men, hey, we fought that roof over there through bitter, cold wind. Oh, we complained. Oh, it's cold. Man, it's cold. But not one walked on and said, look, I can't take it. Not one. Put the trusses up. Put the sheeting down. Put the paper down. Hey, we're all over that thing. But when the going gets tough, the tough get going. These kind of Christians, it's important. The thing that keeps a mother going in a tough day is love. What keeps us going to the bitter end is love. What makes Calvary important? Love. For God so loved the world that he gave. Okay? Uh, they have love for Christ. These, these Christians, even today, we want to have, we have love for Christ. And the next thing, we serve for Christ. 20, verse 23, And Jesus said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This speaks of the friendship, this speaks of the fellowship, and the intimacy that God wants to have with his youngins. I told you this morning about Josh calling, and Caleb calls too, but what would it, how would I feel? And I think sometimes, you know, I feel like I need to call the boys, they ain't called today. But both of them working, you know, they got jobs, and both of them say, hey, Daddy, call any time. If I can't answer the phone, I won't. But call any time. But you get some concern in a little while when they hadn't called. Well, I wonder if they're okay. Well, it said call. Well, I hate to bother. And round and round you go, just go on and do it. Just call them. Hey, where are you? I called some today. Hey, we missed you today. We missed you. How many of you? You don't have to raise your hand. Call somebody today and say, we missed you. It shows love. It shows concern. It shows courage. It shows you are teachable. It shows you are ready to respond to the Lord. And they also, listen, we're willing to suffer with Christ. Um, the 27th verse. Peace I leave with you, he says. My peace I give unto you. And then he, he, he stops there and there's a semicolon. My peace I give unto you. Then he says, not as the world giveth peace. What are people seeking after today? All kinds of things. Give I unto you. And he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, how do we handle this? It appears like, hey, there's a conflict going on. Does Jesus care? Yes, he does. 
Uh, people said, well, my son died. Where in, the world was Where in the world was God? He was in the same place when his son died, on the throne. But we tend to overlook that sometimes. And people, I've heard people say this, get mad at God because of what something, something has happened. I'm thinking, hey, and you should get mad at him. Take it up with him when you stand before him because you will stand before him. Take it up with him then. Well, peace is the absence of conflict. I don't like conflict. I don't like conflict between husband and wife. I don't like it between children and parents, parents and children. I don't like it between church members. I don't like it between deacons and pastors. I don't like conflict at all. But the devil sends conflict, okay? But Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. You remember when the water was stirred up and the wind was blowing and they thought the thing was going to capsize? What did he say? Three words, peace, be still. Peace had been disrupted. That's what causes peace to get disrupted is conflict. The conflict of interest, conflict of, of important things is, that's going on. Well, some people, instead of relying on the Lord, they'll resort to maybe a cabin in the woods. Just want to get away. Let me tell you something. You can get away, but you can't eliminate the problem. Problem's going to be there. Some take a pill. To dull the senses. But when it's all said and done, it comes back. Some turn to alcohol. But when it's all said and done, when you sober up, it's, uh, it's still there. It don't solve anything. But the peace of Jesus, listen, is the power that will stand under fire. I think of three Hebrew children. Hey, they were put in there. They were locked in. They were bound, by the way. Sometimes we overlook that they were tied and thrown in there. King went by and peeping in there. <laughs> See if they okay. Hey, I thought we put three in there. We did? Well, there's a fourth one in there, and I love what he said. And he looks like. How do you know what he looked like? He looks like the Son of God. Hey, it was. It was Jesus amidst the fire. You make it down. It don't matter if a fire you're going through, conflict or whatever. If you know the Lord, he is there with you because he said, I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you. He tells the disciples here, they'll be hated, they'll be persecuted, they'll be killed and broken hearted. That they'll be in the middle of some things and their life will be snuffed out without warning. But take cheer. I am with you. Take courage. Be teachable. Be ready to learn. Now, how will Jesus reveal himself to us? Listen, a lot of times on the path of sorrow, he'll reveal himself to us. In the darkness, he becomes the light. When we're weak, he becomes our strength. When all hope is gone, he is our hope. When doubt appears, he's the truth. He said he was. When death comes, he'll be the resurrection. When judgment comes, he'll be our refuge. When eternity comes, he'll still be there, waiting on us. Historians say in this writings that I found about Thaddeus died near Mount Ararat from many 
agonizing torture of arrows. Can you imagine being shot with arrows? Poisonous arrows. Well, last of all, we need to depend on Christ. I am the resurrection and the life, he said. No man, no man, no woman, no boy, no girl is going to come to me unless he come through, come to my father unless he come through me. I am, I am your ticket to heaven. I will see you all the way there. I will not leave you. Uh, neither will I forsake you. Remember, God doesn't want ability. He wants availability. Just make yourself known. Say, hey, I have experience in this. Or I don't have any experience, but I want to I help. What can I do? We need somebody to help push brooms tomorrow night. Somebody help pick up trash. Somebody help roll a wheelbarrow. I love it. Many of our people have shown up and said, hey, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And we don't say, well, what can you do? <laughs> no. Come right over here and help this person or help that person. It's been a cooperative effort to put together what you see from those that's being paid all the way to those of us who are volunteers. I praise God for you, church. And who you are and what you are and what you stand for. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege of standing here again tonight. Lord, we thank you for Thaddeus. We thank you for the example he has set for us, who was not outspoken, but he was there. He was always ready to be a helper in whatever the need was. Thank you for our people who are back tonight. Bless them. Bless their home from which they come. Those guests in the house tonight, bless them. Lord, give our people a good week. And those who help come to help tomorrow evening, give us safety. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen.